from the vault, high atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Talking Catholic. This is Mary McCusker, and I'm joined by Mike Walsh. And you'll have to forgive us both because we are recording this podcast very early in the day. And by early, I mean... Wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for, uh, you know, letting, letting the listeners in on a little snapshot of, of how we're recording. But it's not early in the day, even by my standards. It's 1125. Okay. <laughs> we, we're, we usually record these late in the afternoon after every... Oh, I'm still true. half asleep. You're still grumpy. And usually it's in the afternoon after I've had all my coffee and you've talked to people and are in better spirits. So the listeners will have to bear with us this morning. Well, in, in my defense, usually by 10 a.m. I am ready to, to interact with other human beings. So I should be I should be fine. But actually, this is nice because uh, after having a spate of um, Zoom calls the last couple of weeks, we're back together again. This is the first time we've been we're actually in your stomping grounds at Catholic yes. Charities in the Diocese of Camden in the, uh, in the boardroom here. And um, I don't think we've recorded in this building since Cindy LeBron in the fall oh, of last right. year, maybe? Yeah. It's, I don't remember even seeing you in this room. This is where all the Catholic Charities staff meet. So this well, is this the, is throwing me off a little bit. I was um, <laughs> I used to be in this room a lot, and then I got uninvited to a number of meetings. Um, so I, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to come. See, case in point to our listeners, he is grumpy at this hour. <laughs> He's grumpy. grumpy. You know what? These days he's grumpy memory. all day long, but he has a lot on his plate, That's, so I guess well, it's I forgiving. <laughs> You're not wrong about any of the, what you just said. However, I'm trying my best. The um, <laughs> But anyway, I am happy that we're at least all together. We're socially distanced. You and I are. The, the reason we chose the board one was I had the biggest table, so you and I are probably about 10 feet away from each other right now. Yes. So we're being very careful with our... Our COVID times, uh, social distancing, but mm-hmm. this is nice. Plus, you and I are spending a ton of time together lately because uh, we are prepping for one of the big events of the year. Yes. Right? Yes, we are. And, and it's completely different than uh, anything we've ever done before, right? Yes. And maybe that's why I'm so tired. I was awake at 2 a.m. thinking about the very event and topic that we'll be discussing today. Dear listeners, if, if you've ever wondered about getting into event management, just know that uh, <laughs> it basically means you lose a lot of sleep because you worry about everything. You worry about every little technical and thing. I'm not even the event coordinator, but this event means more to me than anything. I mean, this event every year is so important. I guess I should say what the event is. <laughs> well, you know, so uh, it's the... Instead of building the suspense. <laughs> well, it's the annual Justice for All dinner that's been held with, I think this is going to be the 16th annual? 17th. 17th annual. How did that happen? Oh, my goodness. 17th. This, this, Except it's it, not a dinner this year. I keep saying Justice for All dinner, but obviously with COVID, it is the Justice for All virtual award ceremony. It is. And so, unfortunately, there will be no dinner this year or gathering um which is a shame because year after year the dinner we, we, it's always the last several years have been held in atlantic city at resorts and uh the ballroom there and they've always been very generous with us and the dinners there have been outstanding uh two years we had it in the superstar theater and then last year it was so huge we had to had to move it into their ballroom uh but the meals are outstanding so i, I am trying to convince uh your executive director to still take us out for dinner uh, <laughs> even though it's a virtual event so i'll, I'll let you know how that goes but that we that, will see how well that flies. That is an excellent transition into introducing our guests. Yes. So, Mary, whom do we have with us today? We have Kevin Hickey, Executive Director of Catholic Charities, Diocese of Camden. 
Kevin, welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you, today? Mary. Thank you, Michael. I am. Uh, I hereby commit <laughs> on this podcast <laughs> to uh, dinner. I will buy dinner. All right. Uh, in okay. celebration of their... He didn't say for whom, but okay, that's good. Hopefully we're invited. You, yes, you too, <laughs> and then whoever else you tell me to. Uh, because, of course, dear I like listeners, I am merely a puppet uh, and mo- shoved around uh, by various people uh, today by Mike Walsh and Mary McCuskey. So that's my lot in life. Uh, but I do, seriously, I do, as I was listening to uh, the two of you talking about this, um, I was thinking about 17 years worth of this dinner and honestly feeling grateful to both of you uh, for all the work you've done for this. And I know uh, when Mike was telling listeners about event management, another thing is once you have competence in event management, you keep being inexorably uh, drawn back into it, it seems to me. Which you have. I, yeah, because I hate yeah, it. I, <laughs> you were an event planner for how long, Mike? Uh, you used to do this professionally. Full time. Well, I did it. This is the third job I've done it in. I did it for four and a half years with uh, the wonderful people at Volunteers of America, Delaware Valley, where I started my career. <laughs> which, which There's I, a. You know, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> wonderful people there. They were wonderful the, agencies. We, we, ran, we ran a big gala event there for many years, and that's how I got my start. But then I was a. I did a profession. I did that as a communications director or a manager, and then I did it for uh, a much larger company that, that specialized in event management for about five years, where we did major events all around the world. And then uh, I made the mistake of putting that on my resume when I came here. And <laughs> I've been doing a lot of event management ever since. And we're lucky to have Stacy Napolitano. Yes. We have to give her a ton of credit because she's you know the full time event planner, and I have only gotten a glimpse into everything it takes all the people you're dealing with all the you know technical programs and software and behind the scenes work and vendors and the money just so much is involved and it has been really eye-opening to see just how much goes into it but with this event it's one of those events where you know that you know the stress and the work and everything put into it is for i can't think of a better cause you know well that's a great point to kevin is what is the point of the justice for all gathering although this year we'll call it a, a virtual award center so 17 years ago what was the the genesis of it the, the and there was no dinner mm-hmm. uh no annual event 17 years ago oh, and, really? and um yeah ne- the catholic charities had never done this and was challenged by uh then bishop nicholas demarzio oh. who who once upon a time was the executive director of Catholic Charities for Archdiocese of Newark. So he was bringing a lot of practical experience. And he gently (laughs) said, uh, you need to have a dinner. And so the first dinner was 2004. And he actually was on his way out. Uh, He was leaving the Diocese of Camden for the Diocese of Brooklyn. And Bishop Galante. um, And so the dinner was... The first dinner was several days before Bishop Galante was installed. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there, there were two reasons to uh, have the dinner. One was uh, to raise money. And mm-hmm. we decided, 
keep in mind that this was born, so to speak, in the midst of the, uh, the crisis facing the church of sex abuse. And we thought it was important to raise money for our work, which is working with poor and vulnerable people. So the commitment was made then uh, that all the money we raised, all the net, would go for direct assistance. And we've kept true to that. Mm -hmm. So none of the money is used for administrative expenses, et cetera. It all gets pushed out the door, so to speak, uh, across the diocese, all six counties. Um, and that stayed true for the past 17 years, mm-hmm. right? Right, yeah. 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 And, and then the other thing was to lift up the work of charity and justice. And um, our current uh, incarnation of that is the Disciples of Mercy, which, yeah. which I think is, you know, I, I've been thinking, Mike um, and Mary, about I'm lauding the two of you for your contributions to this event. And I, but I was thinking everybody who's, touched it at some point over the years has added something and so i'll credit uh mike lasky with the disciples of mercy you know that was his kind of thing now do we have to well no, i was kidding i just <laughs> but i just you know it's you an know, he's now a podcast competitor i don't know if i can be uh, oh I, well okay he's, he's, now got uh, he's got his own podcast for the jesuits now <laughs> well i didn't know that he does yeah yeah it's All really right. good i'm just kidding actually he does deserve a great deal of credit he was a very forward-thinking guy when he was uh heading up the life and justice office here in the diocese yeah. of camden i'd actually i don't know if i realized he was the genesis of that that's a, yeah, in 2015, yeah, he yeah. came up with the idea of, you know, in addition to one, you know, main honorary, let's honor some local people around the diocese who are kind of the unsung heroes. You know, um, they don't look for limelight or attention, but they carry out um, works of mercy, works of charity. And I think the term disciples of mercy was during, it was coined during the Jubilee year of mercy, right? That's correct. Um, Good memory, Mary. Thank you. (laughs) I never hear that compliment ever, (laughs) especially from Mike. But (laughs) wow! All right, I just want to point out we're recording this in the morning, but Mary is definitely the meaner of the two of us right now. (laughs) It's possible. I'm sorry. I'll I'll tone it down a little bit. (laughs) No, no, I enjoy a good dig. Go right ahead. It's fine. Keep keep continuing. But yes, the disciples of mercy, (laughs) and every year I know for me it's just such a it's a humble reminder, you know, I'm here at Catholic Charities all the time and I see what my wonderful, amazing colleagues do every single day. But, you know, it's you have to remember that there are people all over the diocese who do similar things, you know, for free and have been doing it for a very, very long time. And they've never been highlighted anywhere. And I think that this has been an amazing way to just show show that. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And I, I, the pastors and, and priests of the diocese have, I think, entered into the spirit of it and, and have nominated people, mm-hmm. um, which is great. And one honoree per deanery. Correct. Right. That's correct. Yeah. So there's five honorees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a great opportunity. And the, the honorees, year after year, it, they're not necessarily associated with Catholic Charities directly. It's not like they're no. necessarily no, working they're not the associated at all, usually. Yeah, um, they uh, they just come from the parishes, mm-hmm. and you know, and they, they just do great things. And sometimes they're individuals, sometimes they're groups. Uh, they, they really run the gamut in terms of people within the Diocese of Camden. Right. So it's real nice. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorite things, actually, is uh, seeing those folks be able to go up to the lectern and 
to a round of applause and you know we get to talk about them and it's, it's such nice. a shame that this year they can't be up on stage and you know receive well, that kind of recognition which usually they hate by the way yeah, I know. <laughs> they say i don't want to be on stage you know i don't they're always so humble when yeah. it comes to um my purposes of marketing and getting <laughs> pictures and videos and all of that but this year it's still great that we'll be able to to award these five honorees which have not been formally announced yet you, I don't know when this podcast is coming out. You're, you're welcome to formally announce them now if you'd like. Well, one of them is not yet made aware. Oh, so, okay. so I just can't. wanted to wait. Okay. All right. Then we'll, we'll keep our listeners guessing. Yeah. Stay tuned. That's yes. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to do a lot of promotion of it. So I guess maybe we should tell people what the virtual uh, event is going to look like this year since we've talked about how it's moved to virtual. Mary, well, Mary, you've you've put the whole thing together. So, what are we doing Not this year? Not quite. <laughs> and I've, it's still I've coming been, together. No, you know, it's going to be how many um, days away? I've been. I have a countdown on my phone, and every day it causes panic <laughs> and excitement and all sorts of emotions. But. Well, it's, it's October eighth, right? <laughs> yes. And we're doing it. It's a Thursday night, and mm-hmm. uh, I believe it's going to be at eight six, o- six, six o'clock. Six o'clock. Six See, <laughs> let's not confuse our listeners. <laughs> okay. It's going to be at six, 6 p.m. Thursday, yes. October eighth, mm-hmm. and uh, which was the original date of the dinner the right. actual physical dinner was going to be on right. that date and it's going to be broadcast on catholic charities of camden's uh, south jersey's facebook page uh their youtube page and it'll also be you can find it on their website as well um, which is www.catholiccharitiescamden.org slash jfa 2020 that's right and from there you can you can see exactly how you can watch this event which is very simple it's pretty much just clicking a link of your choice whether it's our youtube channel or our facebook page and you can also look at you can read more about our honorees we haven't even mentioned our main honoree yet but this year i'm excited for this we're having a silent auction which Mm -hmm. we have never done before but those items are going to be posted on the website as well um i know a few of them one of them is a helicopter tour around Philadelphia. That'll be nice. Uh, there's some really neat items on there, so I encourage everyone to to check out you know that central page and all of the information will be there. That's right. And we're also going to use it uh, since we're doing it virtually this year. Um, in some ways, I might even say that uh, our honorees might even get more of a bang for their bucks, since uh, typically it's always been in person, and we haven't put up a lot of the Disciples of Mercy information. Certainly not the video portions of what we do uh, up on our social media. But this year, everything will be up on our social media, so we'll be able to people could be able to see themselves and the stuff, the nice, lovely things we have to say about them. Yep, um, and but, it's free, and it's welcome to everyone. That's right; anybody can check it out. And, you know, Kevin, can you talk a little bit about the money being raised this year and, and is, how important... So when, when can I we talk about the honoree? Oh, perhaps we should we, do that first. Do you want to do it now? We can I, do it now. I would, I, like, I would like to do would it now. Would you like to announce our honoree? Well, I'd be, yeah, I'd be, I'm proud to announce that. We're, we're going to honor uh, our bishop, Most Reverend Dennis Sullivan, um, with the St. John Neumann Award. Mm-hmm. I pronounce that the you, way he, he will be thrilled. That, yes, I always get mixed up. Does he pronounce it Neumann or is it actually pronounced? Well, it's I, Newman, right? Well, 
So this joke has been lost on me for two years, and I've been too scared to ask until now. It's not a joke, now. Bishop, is it? <laughs> no, Everybody else, he knows. he knows. People mispronounce it. He, it he, is actually Neumann. He was from German origin, and the proper pronunciation is... Bohemia, uh, Mr. Bohemia, Walsh. You're right, you're yes. absolutely right. He, the proper pronunciation <laughs> is Neumann, but we here in the Delaware Valley area, and most of the United States, just take, Americanized it to Newman. But uh, St. John Neumann is correct, and Bishop is nothing if not someone who enjoys pronouncing things correctly. So that's why. <laughs> so it is. So whenever he went, because ordinarily he would help us during the Justice for All dinner with the presentation of the St. John Neumann Award. And he always liked to. And the Disciples of Mercy. Disciples he would hand Mercy. out all the awards, right? Right. And so I, how did we come about um, honoring him? What, where did that idea come from? Well, I so the the first recipient of the uh, John Neumann Award uh, was uh, Cardinal Tobin, mm -hmm. and um, and and of course there was that was nice uh, symmetry because Bishop Neumann was a redemptress, mm -hmm. Cardinal oh, Tobin right. a redemptress. Uh, the the second recipient was Sister Norma Pimentel, uh, who works down on the border and who uh, this diocese has developed a, a great relationship with over the last few years as we've sent pilgrims down there to experience life on the border. Then last year we honored uh, His Eminence uh, Cardinal Tagli, who at that time was the Archbishop of Manila but is now serving in the Vatican. Mm -hmm. uh, incidentally, just I just saw in the paper that he yeah. is, was diagnosed with COVID. Oh no, yeah. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So, Keep well, him in prayer. Hmm. Uh, so this year we decided that we should honor Bishop Sullivan. Yeah, no, uh, Bishop Sullivan announced his 75th retirement this year, and we, it felt in March, and uh, we felt it was the perfect time to uh, to make sure that we had an opportunity to to honor him while he was still the the bishop of the diocese. Because quite frankly, he has been an ardent supporter of Catholic charities since the moment he walked through the door. So thank you for that. That uh, yeah, I. In, in some respects, I'm, I'm going to link him to uh, St. John Neumann in the sense that St. John Neumann ministered in this diocese. Um, That's right. Yeah. Because what? it was part of, it was oh part of Philadelphia. That's correct. And, and I think Bishop Sullivan takes great uh, delight in that. Um, and I'm assuming uh, St. John Neumann was wandering around here on horseback. That is, you know, I, 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 it's funny because it, I had to do a historical search of the archdi or the diocese of, of Camden and how it was generated. We, we've been broken off of five different dioceses since this area has been broken. It started, we were all part of the archdiocese of Baltimore when the Vatican orig originally, um, at one wow. point, the archdiocese of Baltimore was the entirety of the colonies. Um, oh, when oh we my here. gosh, I did not. You are a history buff. Then, I forgot about that. That's right. And then years <laughs> later, the Archdiocese of Philadelphia was created, and we became part of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. And then separated from that, at one point, was the Archdiocese of Newark. And then we were part of the Archdiocese of Trenton. And now, in 1930, and then in 1937, the, Archdi the Diocese of uh, Camden was formed. But so all those many years ago, when we South Jersey and all of New Jersey was still under, or most of New Jersey was still under Philadelphia, um, that was during the time period of John Neumann. And he absolutely would have been 
in charge of South Jersey. And there, I have not been able to find any uh, historical records of him actually being in South Jersey. However, all of the texts suggest that he would have been, he would have come through here to to visit mission churches, or the mission churches would have come to visit him. So there now, would have been some connection. what year would that have been, or century, or Now, when? see, Mary, now you've asked me a question that I don't have the answer to, because oh, I cannot shoot. recall. But I want to say the early... <laughs> it was the 19th century. Yeah, okay. I want to say the early 1800s. So is it's my, like 1830s? Yeah. Okay. That's my pre-Civil War. <laughs> Got but, it. Uh, I'm picturing it all in black and white, so I'm trying to get a feel for just how had, long ago it was. I think they had color back then, but I'm not sure. No, I'll check. But let me get back to why I brought that, this up, this notion of horseback. So uh, Bishop Neumann did amazing things, right, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on behalf of uh, immigrants, uh, Catholic education, and, and did it in a time when there was no... Um, you know, internet and uh, all that kind of thing. And so he was, you know, sort of hidden. And and I, I Bishop Sullivan is like that, it seems to me. This, this is a guy who really knows the life that poor people mm-hmm. and vulnerable people uh, lead. He knows their problems. Um, he's, he's not a show horse mm-hmm. about it. Like... It, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> no, he's very humble about it. He, he's he very is. humble. He's he's a workhorse. Well, he's a you know he's he has talked about himself. As a matter of fact, we were discussing that he was recently on a, a Facebook Live interview uh, with one of the parishes, and he really talked for quite some time about the uniqueness of him being named a vicar general in the Archdiocese of New York when he was named bishop, because he had he was a pastor, and the other guy that had the other guy that was. Um, uh, that was installed with him was also a person who was a pastor and not it was still at that time 15 16 years ago unusual for you know you would usually make bishops out of administrators it was unusual to come out of mm-hmm. that the pastors would be doing that so it was particularly notable that he is a a pastor who became a bishop and I think he does take a great deal of pride in that and it it absolutely has someone who looks from the outside in impacted how he interacts with the pastors and the faithful in general, where he really talks to them as a pastor and not as a CEO, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I think you're, I think that you're onto something with how you reference that, Kevin. Yeah. And I remember writing um, the announcement for um, the Catholic Star Herald, our diocesan newspaper, that we would be honoring Bishop. And I I thought, you know, okay, this could be easy. There's plenty of archives about Bishop, but then it dawned on me. I said, this is going to be the hardest thing I'll ever have to write because how do I encapsulate somebody like Bishop who, you know, I, I personally know, but I felt like I was an FBI agent talking to all sorts of people who have known him longer than me and, you know, just digging through articles, learning more about him as a, during his time in New York and, it really, for me, I've only ever known him as as bishop, you know, but learning about his his early um, life in in Catholic ministry was was just really fascinating. Mm-hmm. His time in New York, where he ministered and lived among, like you said, Kevin, um, the poor, the working class, migrant communities. Um, and I know he, was sent to the Dominican Republic where he learned Spanish and still blows me away with how 
seamlessly he can transition from Spanish and English. And we've seen that at the the prison masses where he goes every year, multiple times a year. And how someone can say a mass in English and Spanish in an hour and switch seamlessly is beyond me. But <laughs> um, and he and I didn't know this till recently actually learned Mandarin and some Cantonese too mm-hmm. um, to to minister to the Chinese population in New York City, which is amazing. Um, and, you know, his transition to when he was ordained a bishop, I, I don't remember who told me this, but they were talking about Bishop Sullivan and this, like you said, Mike, this person said he he's able to um, you know, serve as an administrator, but he thinks like a pastor and he, he acts like a, a pastor and his love is for pastoral work. And we have seen that so many examples of that and how, you know, his pastoral nature and how he walks among the people of this diocese. And we've seen that with, you know, when he sat down with the dreamers, for example, um, when they were in fear of being deported back to countries they've never, they have no memory of. I mean, there's just been so many examples of him sitting down with people, listening to what they have to say. And I think that's probably a rare thing when it comes to, to bishops. Well, I don't, I don't want to offend dis- any bishops I don't want to disparage there, the other bishops, but he is, in my in my world, he's definitely been unique in, in the level of interaction he gives to people. And because he is a very low profile about that, a lot of people don't know that. And certainly say he's had to make some tough administrative decisions, right. which in particularly this year I know are, are plaguing him a great deal. He had to, you know, there were originally five schools that were closed in the diocese. Now mm-hmm. it's uh, three schools. One of them, uh, two of them merged and was able to reopen. But, um, you know, that that's the kind of thing that weighs on him heavily. I mean, he had, you know, he this year or last year, the diocese of New Jersey, you know, released their uh, abusive priest lists. And, um, you know, while he didn't he didn't hesitate at the possibility of that, um, he also knew the struggle that it was going to cause people. And it was going to be and the struggle that it would cause the diocese when when we entered into the independent victims compensation program. Yeah. Uh, that was designed to, to offer opportunity to the sex abuse victims. And, you know, these are a lot of really heavy topics that, that a bishop has to do. And, and I think, you know, to, to bring it back to Catholic Charities, I think the fact that even though he's got all those heavy things to do and he still continues to show the, the love that he has for, for what Catholic Charities does. And, I mean, we talked about the, the support that he's given you when, when you came up with the, your harebrained idea to start sending uh, people to the, to the border of McAllen, Texas. Um, I, what did it take? Two seconds for him to support that idea, the entire and the entire share the journey initiative. Yeah, you know, do it. He said. Yeah, you know that. Uh, in, in thinking about him, um, what I would would have hoped is that I would have had twenty more harebrained ideas <laughs> for him to offer him because I've always uh, he's a great leader. And I've always wanted to be worthy of that, and I've always wanted his Catholic Charity Agency to be worthy of him. Um, and, and that seems to me that's the mark of a leader, that, that he engenders that desire in me mm-hmm. to, uh, to keep 
pushing, keep working, to keep, you know, thinking of things. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think, and I've heard priests, I'll never forget uh, two priests who met him and they said to me that they were going to retire, you know, maybe put in early if that's appropriate. I don't know what, mm-hmm. how, how they say that, but <laughs> they, they got a load of, of this guy. I thought, no, no, I'm not retiring. Yeah. I, I want to work for him. Yeah. Uh, I wow. want to stick around, and I, I boy, there's there's high praise right there, right? Yeah, I would yeah. I would tend to agree. That's that, and then in which case, you know, everything we've sort of described. And we're going to go into more detail at the Justice for All uh, Justice for All Award ceremony. Keep saying dinner. It's I know it just dinner, rolls, Mike. Just Don't rolls off the tongue. Up. <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. Uh, and we'll go into more of that. But you know, that's that. I think we've given people a lot of examples of why he's certainly a, a deserving recipient. And I have to add this. It reminds me, Kevin, what you just said that. The energy that he has, the days where I'm, you know, days like today, it's raining, it's dreary, I'm tired. And if you think about him, I, I'm picturing right now the the wedding of the sea, him on that <laughs> lifeboat, which you, Mike, captured an amazing picture of, which yes. got awarded by the Catholic Press Association. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but there's Bishop in this boat that's like at a 90 degree angle in the in the, in the ocean. Just to, just to go out and do the blessing of the sea, yeah. to, to sort of marry the sea to the city. And I know. he has that like energy. He does the confirmations. He loves visiting the schools. Um, yeah. Just you know, he loves being out and about. And I saw his schedule a couple times. I said, oh my gosh, how? COVID. <laughs> how does he do this all? The, the COVID times have been terrible for him because yeah. it, it, it flies in the face of everything he wants to be. He wants to be in the parishes all the time. He wants to be in the schools all the time. He visited, you know, we, we encouraged him. Uh, I encouraged him not to visit the schools at the at the opening of the school year. I said, you know, we could just do a video message. And uh, he was like, no. I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to visit and I'm going to get all, I'm getting it all masked up. And he's got a, he's also got a special face shield. Ah. And so the first school that he went to, he stayed outdoors and he greeted the, the uh, kids as they came in with a wave and the occasional elbow bump with, uh, with one of the kids <laughs> yeah. as they would come in, but he really wanted to be there and, and support them. And then he did the same thing a, a day later, went to another school and took a little tour, socially distanced, you know, all the protections were in place, but just cause he thought it was really, imp- he, he wanted to make sure that people understood not only the people there, that their Bishop was supporting them, but he also wanted to make sure that the people around the diocese, you know, they saw his commitment to not only Catholic school education, but everything that the schools in our diocese were doing to ensure Catholic education and to make it at all possible for, for kids to actually be back in school by making sure that uh, everybody was wearing their masks and right. taking care of their social distancing. And, you know, the fact that we the reason we are able to do it is because discipline is such an important part of the Catholic school experience and that we have that discipline to make sure that our students will be protected in that situation. Right. So hopefully that'll continue to go positively. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed, prayers raised, rosaries prayed to, whatever it's going to take to make it to make it happen. You know, but yeah, but and he's a fine example of of a good bishop and an example of I would like to believe the the unofficial motto of Catholic charities, right? Is that the unofficial motto or the motto Matthew 25? Yes, it's well. It's 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 our reason for being, um, and and that's another thing. He he he. Bishop takes that so seriously. The church's ongoing commitment, not only historical but but current and into the future, of uh, 
you know, reenacting day in and day out Jesus' summons to us and exhortation and commandment, really, to uh, feed the hungry, visit uh, people in prison. Yeah. You know, I got, I I just, can I share memories? This is my only chance, really. Uh, (laughs) And I think you all were there maybe when this happened, and it was a visit to prison. And, um, the reading was the genealogy of Jesus, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's you know it's lengthy that. and right. uh, you know and this, it goes on and on and on. And I I remember listening to the gospel reading in in the prison. I, I don't remember which prison it was. I, Maybe I, Southwood State Prison, somewhere in it was, Salem, yeah. Cumberland. I, th- I thought farm it was one of the state prisons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I thought, well, what's he going to do with this? I just, it was a magnificent sermon, and he was speaking to people in prison, obviously, people who've been convicted of crimes, all manner of crimes, Mm -hmm. bad stuff. And uh, he pointed out to these, I'm going to say men and women, that uh, these people who Jesus was related to, they weren't all nice people <laughs> right right there were a lot of sinners in there right. um and and his point being uh he was descended from people like you know we uh in the audience mm-hmm. the people in prison were and uh, it was just such a wonderful it was sermon yeah. um it, which and to your point mary he was able to go, he was going back and forth yep. english spanish spanish english but it was i and i thought this is what uh, Pope Francis was talking about, uh, you know, the, the kind of church and the kind of people he wanted who who could be out with the people and, and who knew the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that sermon was reflective of his deep knowledge of of people, uh, yeah. of their foibles, yeah. um, you know, their their causes. Uh, and the, he, he said that all without, you know, being condescending mm-hmm. or anything. Like, the the way he's able to articulate that kind of message. I had the same thought as you. How How is he going to, you know, make this come to life, you know? But mm. he did. Mm-hmm. And after every Mass, he also stands and shakes hands with every single inmate, um, you know, greets them, gives them a blessing. And it's, it's just amazing to see. It's like they're – it's – you wouldn't think this is a bishop and someone who's incarcerated. They're two people, you know, mm-hmm. and he just sees the humanity in right. each and every one of them. And yeah, it reminds I, me. Oh, sorry. I don't know how he does it. I, I he <laughs> I've been around him probably as much as anybody else, and it still blows me away every, the, the way he interacts with people. Which is, you know, you know, he's very much into accompaniment and you know going to the margins and. And really trying to make inroads, and 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 in that regard, I think what he does is an example of what we should all be doing. Uh, certainly, more of. I know it's the very nature of Catholic charities, but I say this as not a not an employee of Catholic charities. Um, you know, it's definitely something I need to do a better job of. That, uh, and I and in that regard, I think he's an example that people should. I hope be interested in learning more of at the Justice for All dinner on October 8th <laughs> at 6 p.m. on all your social media channels. Every five nice. minutes of this podcast, we need to chime in with the, the date, nice. time, and link. It's a good segue, Michael. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm good welcome. that way. Yeah. The uh, You know, Mary, you know, well, actually, this is really a question for all three of us. Um, 
So I, some people might be asking why we, we made that call to, to go virtual. And, you know, we really, we kind of dragged our feet on it, to be completely truthful, because mm-hmm. we were hoping, hoping beyond hope that we were going to be able to figure out some way of doing this in person, because the nature of the event is wonderful. It's really an uplifting event, and it's really an opportunity to sort of bring folks together and showcase the good works of Catholic Charities and give people an opportunity to donate and be a part of of Catholic Charities. And uh, we just couldn't do it. I mean, we we were looking into, could we do a hybrid version where we maybe had a small group of people and then people would gather in their parishes and groups. Oh, there were so many ideas. Yeah, about that one. And this was back in, you know, February, then March, and then, oh my gosh, everything's shutting down. Are the casinos, is resorts even going to be open? Are we all going to be confined to our homes? Like, there was no way of knowing what was going to happen. Right. So Um, we, we probably, I mean, hindsight being 2020, we could have made our lives a lot easier if we had just determined in April that we weren't going to do this. But all the way into midsummer, where we were still trying to figure out a way to do them. But yeah. the truth of the matter was, there just was no way of doing it without being able to guarantee safety. Right. And, and and honestly, what we were, the, a lot of the feedback we were getting was that people still weren't comfortable coming together. Yeah, um, we did So hear that. since we knew that the it looked like the governor wasn't going to open up for larger gatherings, and we knew that amongst our own people, there was some pushback that, uh, you know what, we'll just go fully virtual and we'll turn it into a new kind of event. So we're, it's going to be, uh, we don't know how long it's going to be yet, but my guess is it'll be somewhere around an hour mm-hmm. of, of a show. Uh, to think of it as a TV show specifically related to Catholic charities and, and honoring all these people that we've been talking about. You're going to get to make it as exciting as possible. Yeah. <laughs> and for anyone who's been to a, a justice for all dinner in previous years, um, you've known that that uh, whoever the guy running the show is, me, um, <laughs> keeps it on a tight timeline. We get everything done uh, quickly on time, right up until Mr. Hickey get, takes Kevin's the stage. Kevin's nodding his head. And then the entire program goes off the rails, and he decides, he decides to talk for 15 minutes about uh, usually something esoteric. And, the angriest um, <laughs> I've ever seen you, Mike, has been when we're on the side of the stage and you're looking at your carefully meticulous plan <laughs> for the scripts and the timing, and I'm looking at the clock and I'm listening to Kevin and I'm looking at you the minute he goes over <laughs> his allotted time and he's in a rage and oh, all the really? fun He behind. says mean things? <laughs> oh, he doesn't say anything. Oh, he, I don't think he can even talk. He's, he's so... smoldering. Yes. <laughs> Apoplectic when that happens. The, uh, well, he and the vicar general who, who texts <laughs> is texting while you're going over. That's yeah. right. Yeah. The, uh, well, you know, Bishop, Bishop, our lovely bishop who we're honoring came from the Archdiocese of New York and he's so always got this philosophy apparently there's a philosophy up there that you end things at 9 o'clock they end which, at 9 o'clock I love which it. I appreciate which is I, true yeah. 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 and for the last three years it has been 903 905 904 <laughs> but who's counting right <laughs> once just once I wanted to be done at 9 o'clock I don't want not 859 9 o'clock on the news Yeah, and it's always whatever those four minutes extra that Kevin gives it's like every single time it's all my fault so, so this yeah. year well this year we'll, we'll be spared from that that's right because right, we're editing this one and I'm going to edit all your garbage right out of there oh my gosh no. <laughs> we're going to be done on time I'm so excited about it the, uh, oh, whatever my wonderful my. thing you're telling the, pub, the public that they need to hear I'm just going to cut out oh gosh <laughs> it's going to well it's going to have a 
completely different look and feel this year, yeah. so it should yeah. be fun. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. And the irony is it'll probably be more Kevin this year than uh, than in yeah. previous years. Molly. So. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> you lead a dull life, Mary. <laughs> Kevin, can you talk? So obviously this year has just been all around crazy and different in every way. Can you talk a little bit about what it's been like for Catholic charities um, and the struggles that people have been facing in the wake of the pandemic and just how important funding is for this justice for all fund. (laughs) So the, you know, I, Mary, you'll recall that uh, we made a, uh, a, a brief tape record tape recording I'm dating myself I'm dating myself <laughs> tape recording I remember those when yeah, I was so three brought, years old we brought out the reel to reel and <laughs> I've, uh, we we did a uh, video uh, talking about the pandemic so this must have been oh gosh it seems early weird. March and yeah. what I was saying at the time it's still on our website mm-hmm. and uh, is this is one more disaster yeah. And uh, and you did a, a really nice piece as well about uh, with with some nice music uh, about our experience oh, in yes. disaster response, yeah. which goes back to nine eleven. Uh, wow! But then the um, hurricane uh, Katrina and subsequent hurricanes, we realized, like everybody else, that uh, climate change was happening. And that we could expect to see more natural disasters. And we thought we need to get our, uh, we need to develop some expertise there, which we've done. So when, when this COVID pandemic uh, was raising its uh, head, I thought, well, here's another disaster. And sure enough, uh, we've very quickly, thanks to the uh, help of uh, our IT folks and the finance uh, department, uh, we were able to, even though we were shut uh, physically, we were able to keep working virtually. Uh, we pushed a lot of money out the door between March 1st and July 1st, mm-hmm. uh, $600,000 wow. uh, in, in pandemic relief. Um, so obviously we're still in the pandemic. Um, you know, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if New Jersey has to shutter again um, mm-hmm. in the fall, maybe, uh, right? And I know it. You know, some of the the food distributions that we've had, which you know we go about very very safely. People don't even have to get out of their cars. There are people showing up who are embarrassed, and it's it's sad to see and hear people say things like, I never ever thought I would end up at a charity, um, almost trying to justify to the case managers and um, staff, you know, I'm not poor, that type of embarrassment almost. And it's, it's sad to see, but it's a reminder of just, there's a whole new population affected by this pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. we, we serve the, the poorest of the poor and the vulnerable, but, um, with people out of work, um, you know, they need basic supplies, food, clothing, diapers. And when the, I don't know, I feel like this changes every day, the status of the moratorium on rent. I don't think that has been lifted yet. No, it's still in place. Yeah. But when it is lifted, I can only imagine what that's going to look like because, um, and our, our, 
staff have, they've been doing a great job at telling clients, you know, it's illegal for you to be evicted, but your rent is still eventually going to be due just because you don't have to pay it right now. There's going to be a time when you have to pay all of it. Um, and of course, our, we've offered counseling, housing counseling and assistance where, you know, whenever we can. But I imagine and I'm dreading, you know, what that's going to look like when suddenly the the rent is due. And that will probably I don't know when that'll happen, but I can't imagine how much money will go out the door then. Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, there's going to be, there is already a lot of reckoning with, and people have lost their jobs. And, and so in that respect, it's reminiscent of the recession back in uh, 07, 08, uh, where a lot of people lost their jobs. Um, so that that's happening now. So the, and we don't know how long this is going to go on. Right. You know, I heard the CDC director say, well, the vaccination or vaccine wouldn't be available maybe till mid twenty twenty one. So Oh my gosh. Um, wow. So anyways, this we really need the money. Again, I'll say again, all the uh money raised from this event is used for direct assistance to poor and vulnerable people across the diocese. Uh it really is helpful. We, we have for all parishes, we have a special phone number just for parishes where they can call us and make referrals. Um, this money is used uh, because many times those referrals are unusual uh, situations and the people are maybe not, uh, as Mary was describing, uh, not desperately poor, but have hit a rough patch. And so we're seeing a lot of that right now uh, during the COVID pandemic. And this JFA money is very helpful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a, just a great, it's literally bread from heaven. So I uh, really thank people for uh, anybody who can support us in any way possible. Very, very grateful. And, and you know, it, it probably goes without saying that uh, you, you don't have to feel the need to only uh, donate to the JFA. You're allowed to donate year-round to uh, your Catholic Charities. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to learn more about how you can donate to Catholic Charities in the Diocese of Camden, you can go to catholiccharitiescamden.org. Um, and certainly, you know, we know this broadcast is listened to in dioceses all around New Jersey and, and the world. Um, there are Catholic Charities in every diocese uh, in, in, in the United States. So if you're listening to this elsewhere, by all means, feel free to support support uh, your other uh, other Catholic charities. I mean, um, well, that was nice, Mike. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, you I, know, it was very good. That's yeah, very course. magnanimous yeah, of that's you. Right. Yes. Please, by all means. Yeah. If, I mean, if you're in South Jersey, us. But you know, beyond <laughs> that, you know, definitely look out for your other Catholic charities because they're, you know, and it's because and, and, what you're doing here is is similar to this, what's going on everywhere else, uh, right. in Catholic Relief Services internationally. Um, so it's not like the need is just here. So if no. uh, if you're in the Trenton Diocese, certainly help out our our friends and. Trenton and same Newark and Metuchen and Philadelphia and the Archdiocese of New York. So can, can I give a shout out oh, particularly yeah. to Catholic Charities of Albuquerque, New Mexico mm-hmm. and, and they were kind enough uh, Mary and Stacy had a phone call with them some of their colleagues uh, who have put on virtual events so thank them for that. Yes, yeah. they it made me feel better and worse at the same time to talk to them because I mean, they were so helpful with the suggestions they had and just talking about, you know, their annual fundraiser and 
the challenges that they're facing. And, you know, they said, we've gone to a lot of people who've supported us in the past, but they said, look, we're, we're struggling. (laughs) Sorry, but we can't support you this year. Um, they talked about some of the logistical challenges that they were facing and they had some really, really great ideas too. So on, I'm very grateful to them. And on one hand, I, I left that meeting thinking, okay, it's not just us. No, <laughs> I don't want to say not. we're all in this yeah. together because I'm so sick of hearing that phrase. But, you know, when especially with Mary, we are all of this together. It's a perfectly no, reasonable question. It's true, but You it's can also tired. have thoughts and prayers for, for people as well. You're going to hammer that one too? My goodness, Mary. It's these, too these, early to come this, back with the... These heartless millennials, Mr. Hickey. I don't oh, understand. Here we it's go. so difficult. Gosh. Goodness gracious. It's just written everywhere. It's on every... Com- we are all in it together, though. We are I, all together. Change the God, channel, now Mary. you're making me feel guilty. No, you're feeling guilty all on your own. We gotta, yeah. By the way, Mike, I want you to know uh, I got a uh, package hmm. sent to me the other day from New Mexico. Oh, did you? Three big bottles of green chilies. Really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's awfully nice of the good people of That's Albuquerque. That's so nice. Very nice. It's nice. Well, you both were there last year, was it? Yeah, actually, this time. Probably this time last mm-hmm. year. Yes. And I'm so jealous because you went to the places where Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad were <laughs> well, filmed, and oh. I have a great photograph of that. As a matter of fact, yeah. one of the one of the bars where uh, where big, yeah where uh, that was featured in the TV show Better Call Saul. That was great. Which, Although yeah. I remember that trip not quite as lovingly because I ended up having to work the entire time. I, as a, as a <laughs> I do. I recall that. Yeah, I kept having to pull myself out of sessions and take care of stuff back here. But uh, but it was a, that was a lovely place to be, and uh, that's, a, that's for anyone who ever wants to go anywhere. Albuquerque is, uh, I encourage it. It's beautiful and uh, and great food. I, I must mm. say that I was well fed the entire time I was there. And Mr. <laughs> I, I and told I, you he was going to talk about food at some point. Well, the it was it was nice, and and I was so happy that uh, Kevin uh, took me out to to dinner one night to this great uh, steak place. Oh, that was nice. That yeah. was yeah, yeah, that was that was yeah. wonderful. As a matter of fact, and with, with, that was with the arch with the director of uh, Jim Gannon. Yeah. yeah. So that was a wonderful experience. Sorry you couldn't be there, Mary, but that's all right. It was great for us. I was here panicking and sweating this time last year, getting ready for JFA. But I know you both were thinking about it the whole time you were there, too. Come to think of it, as I remember correctly, I took you out for dinner at the JFA before dinner because we never eat during the JFA because we're always. You said, I can't have you fainting. That's what. Let's eat. And I appreciated that because I did forget to eat that whole day. And then. uh, and then we all went out after the. That's actually the thing that was the hardest is uh, knowing that we don't have our after party after the Justice for All didn't. Not this yeah, after party, but last we year go at out. resorts it was. I don't even remember the name of that place with the your cheeseburger on top of the waffle inside Probably. of the milkshake or whatever crazy inside combination of they had <laughs> of drinks and food. I've never seen anything you know, like it. And I can't just, remember what it's called. That is a staple of event management. Is the <laughs> the post event because you're it's it's. It requires so much energy to put mm-hmm. these events on, and you're so filled with anxiety that once they're finally done, it, whether you call it a wrap party or, or, or dinner afterwards or go out for drinks or something like that, it is it is just as important as the event itself because, you, I mean, you've had all this energy built up over the course of months, and you mm-hmm. finally get it done, and everything, God willing, is successful, and then it happens, that, and, then, and then the event ends, and you are still hopped up on all this energy. Yes. You really need to... I, I think of Exactly. To... <laughs> I mean, typically our events are done at nine or nine oh five. Events are 
Hickey is speaking. <laughs> and um, and then, but I don't go to bed till two in the morning oh, because yeah. you just you just so energized. It's you know? true. So, so really- I I just on that note I, I I'll express thanks again, Mike, to you and to Mary because I knew, I know you guys are pulled in many many different directions. So. Um, very, Catholic Charities is very grateful for your expertise and commitment to this event. Oh. Well, it's a, it's you. you know I'm I'm happy to be a part of it. I mean Mary gets paid to do it, but I'm I do it voluntarily, so I'm thrilled to, to be here. <laughs> so, no, it is, as I recall, when I first Wait a when I first came to the diocese, uh, I had to wedge my way in because uh, I had thoughts about the JFA, and I, I originally I forget how I coerced people to let me to be part of the planning committee. But I finally, so you, you get involved in these committees and then you complain about your involvement and how many committees yes, you're on. And then because I'm not very bright, it's it's the, I have ideas and I got to yeah, remember yeah, to keep yeah, these yeah. things to myself. Well, I, I, you have uh, you know, if someone wrote a history of this event, uh, you know, you would get a couple chapters just to, your influence on mm-hmm. it. So well, it's been it's been my pleasure because it, the truth of the matter is, for all the headaches that event management tends to cause. Um, I've been fortunate that the events I've been a part of have, I've, are all have been things that I feel very strongly about. Mm-hmm. And this was certainly one that, that yeah. did. I, I think one of my first assignments, actually, when I came to the diocese in 2015, uh, I, I think we were running low on photographers at that time. So I said I would go and photograph the, the <laughs> JFA for, um, for the Catholic Star Herald, our newspaper. And I went to it. I remember thinking to myself, wow, this is such a great event. And, you know, it, and I couldn't actually, the thing that really blew me out was just how many people were there. And yeah. I mean, very well attended, really people very interested in the honor. I think that was the first year of the Disciples of Mercy. I hadn't been part of the leadership team yet, but I remember seeing the, the five people come up and it was great. And uh, it was just really, it was, it was just such, it's, it's such a lovely event. If you, if you don't live in South Jersey and you've, and you have a, something similar to this in your area, by all means, support it and go to it. And if you live in South Jersey, when we can start having these things physically again, uh, you got to come to the Justice for All dinner because it yeah. really is a thoroughly enjoyable uh, experience. Yeah. The last couple of years it's been in Atlantic City and, yeah. and Resorts Hotel does a great job of, um, of supporting it and it's great food, good experience. Well, Kevin, thank you very much. Mark, Good luck you. with everything. Mary, thank, thank you. And Mary, thank you for setting this up and listeners, thank you for uh, being a part of it. I actually listened to your podcast. Uh, but that's <laughs> yes. that's I'm wonderful to hear because yes. I drop in Kevin Hickey references all they're, the time. They're so. good uh, and they're great when I'm sitting at my desk, you know, and I've got to like you know sign things or something, and it's just a it's a great way to. Oh, yeah, well, to thank be, you very much. Yeah. That's very kind of you. Yeah. Well, fun. then I'm going to keep dropping in Kevin Hickey references, just knowing that you listen. No, I, that's not why I listen. Now, well, I'm gonna, <laughs> no, I'm gonna always miss. assuming the worst in us. <laughs> Anyway, well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll chat with you again next week. See ya.